Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Every time we get up here, I want to go, good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> you see that with uh, your best Robin Williams impersonation? <laughs> I'm glad you don't do that, by the way. But whatever time of day it is, hello and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. It is your host, Father Anthony, along with co-host, Father Peter Teresa McConnell. And we are in Levine, Arizona, not not Vietnam. Not Vietnam. No, no, that was just me walking up to the microphone and, and feeling like, oh yeah. Just feeling. Robin Williams-ish. We are talking about a book. It's called <laughs> Sexual Identity. Can we recover from this? <laughs> no, probably We will not. find out. If you're still with us, <laughs> we are reading a book. It's called Sexual Identity, The Harmony of Philosophy, Science, and Revelation, edited by John DeSilva Finley. And we're going through chapters one by one. If you haven't yes, listened to our yep. previous podcast, it's all about this, this distinction of... Um, male and female, man and woman, mm-hmm. and the question of gender, gender dysphoria that's going mm-hmm. on in society. And the, each chapter goes from a different perspective, you know, philosophical, uh, medical, um, theological, um, psychological. psychological. And we're on the chapter four, which is, are men and women interchangeable, transgender surgery and care for the self-identified transgender person by Patrick uh, Lappert. And this is all about transgender surgery. Yep. He is, uh, my understanding, is a plastic surgeon by trade. Mm-hmm. So, um, a really fascinating. Yes. Uh, very, very yes. fascinating. He just, a really helpful kind of mm-hmm. perspective on the whole uh, conversation, uh, you know, talking to someone who's an expertise in this field and what is the actual, like, concrete realities of what we're talking about. Yeah. And he really does a very good job of like very starting like, hey, we might be tempted to see a transgender person as just like a caricature mm-hmm. of a person. And they're just like disordered desires and their sufferings their own making and we don't actually yep. see them as a person. But he's like, we, we have to recognize that this isn't a helpful mentality. Mm-hmm. These are people and yeah. we need to treat them with charity. Um, but we need to figure out the truth because Jesus Christ is the truth mm-hmm. and we got to, this conversation must lead to Jesus Christ. So it's a beautiful yeah. kind of start yeah. of, Hey, we're, these are real people. Um, <clears throat> and, and we can't just, just dismiss them because we need to see them with charity. Yeah. At the same time, we do need to lead to the truth and the truth is Jesus Christ. Yeah. He says that we're not here to win arguments, but win friends to the truth. And, uh, I think that's, um, I think that's an important starting point that like we're dealing with people. Um, and, and, and these are very, very complicated things and these aren't just, you know, cold arguments to try to convince someone. He starts uh, with an overview of surgery. Yeah. Very, uh, this is very, very helpful. Yeah. Yeah, Like what is the point of a surgery? Yeah. Because it's like, well, we can't, let's not go jump straight into transgender surgery. Let's just talk about surgery in general. Yeah. And how do we evaluate, how do we evaluate what is, what is appropriate for surgery? Just, just kind of a tangent. I was talking to a, a student who was a biomedical engineer. Yeah. And obviously they're developing technologies to like get you a, like mechanical hands Crazy. for uh, like war veterans, but people yeah. have lost limbs. Yeah. And so we can put these limbs and they're getting so good. And which will be in the future where you can actually just like a hand that's like a normal hand mm-hmm. that's connected to your nervous system and you can move with your brain and almost yeah. acting and function like a regular limb. Um, and we talked about like basically, well, what if that hand becomes stronger and more powerful than yeah. your regular hand and it's pain-free? Yeah. Like, can I just decide, well, I'd rather just have this hand because I'm a, a basketball player, I'm a right. football player. and that hand Or a boxer. Better, or a boxer. <laughs> and that hand's better than my hand. Yeah. And so I want this hand, this 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 mechanical hand instead of my own hand. And, yeah. and I don't have anything wrong with my hand. Can I just cut it off and put on a new yeah. hand? 
And uh, and I, I that I was thought about that conversation when I read into this because yeah. he was really going to that principle of you know plastic surgery and yeah. when is it, um, you know uh, respecting human dignity mm-hmm. and more principles and when is it not? What's interesting, I don't want to get too far afield on this, but like when he's just talking about like perfecting of human nature, he's saying that like in dealing with human perfection, it's always an almost that like the heart is kind of in the middle of it it's almost in the middle or the face is almost this shape and so like there is a, a degree of of imperfection built into just human bodies so it's interesting to think about then like if you're just trying to create like an abstract perfect human hand like it would be very inhuman because it wouldn't have some of those imperfections but i thought um, it was really beautiful because that was the next point i was going to bring up <clears throat> that um, we're not seeking physical perfection yeah. in plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to make people healthy because yeah. you know what he says: uh, illnesses and deformity tend to turn us in yep. on ourselves, whereas restoration helps us to make us more capable of living for others. Yeah. And so it's like, no, the goal of plastic surgery is to help you more capable of living for others, yeah. and that's the goal of health. It's not perfection that you have mm-hmm. the perfect body or the perfect restoration of your of your hand because you're going yep. to go into a hand. Surgery, surgery, yeah. plastic surgery. He's saying this isn't reaching perfection. Is not our goal. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to get you to a place where you're healthy and you're able to not turn on yourself because of whatever's happened, but really be more capable of living for others. And I think that's an important understanding of the human person that like it is meant for others. You yeah. know, what I mean, your 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 health and your well being, psychologically, emotionally, and physically, um, is not an end in of itself, but it always is 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 important is good, but that it's an, at the service of um, others. You're, you're, you're made for others. We are made for others. He goes on in the uh, the third section, rejecting human nature, that that the body, um, some people want to say the body is merely the physically owned material mm-hmm. over which we can choose to exercise whatever therapeutic sur- sur- mm-hmm. um, we want, the surgery we want. And he's saying, well, this isn't true. Yeah. Like, um, he's really turning against the Supreme Court decision that happened that, where the um, Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania versus Casey, where yeah. Justice Anthony Kennedy said, at the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the very mystery of human life. And he's like, this isn't this isn't true mm-hmm. because this isn't actually who we are. The, 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 we are actually persons yes. created in the image and likeness of God. And we've got to live out of that personhood, not yeah. just some kind of glob of cells that we basically have ownership over and can, can determine. Like you said, we're to live for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting sort of, I mean, probably only a worldview that can exist in our materialistic and technological and scientific world where where you can look at your body as somehow something separate from you that you can just do and that, that that you would somehow have ownership of it that it's it's something that you can kind of stand outside of and look at and say well i i can and should be able to do whatever i want to do with just this raw material that's somehow not really me um and and yes, it's true that like some of our accidental features, like our hair color or our eye color, are not like, um, or even our height or some or our weight, they're not like who we are at a deep, deep fundamental way for sure. You know, I mean, it's not a big deal if you change your hair color or something like that. But, um, but your body is something that is given to you. It's not something you just have like complete ownership of. That's something outside of you that you can just do whatever you want with. 
<clears throat> yeah, and and, and again, back to this this personalism, yeah. the dignity of the person mm-hmm. that we have dignity, and, yeah. and, and 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 we shouldn't, we don't want other people to objectify us. We mm-hmm. shouldn't objectify ourselves. Yeah, like and make ourselves objects because that's what yeah. we do when we just treat ourselves like an object. I own this body; I can just do with whatever I want with it. Yeah, it's it's basically saying like I'm an object to be used. Yeah, and the church is going to stand against that and say, no, you're not an object to be used. Yeah, you, you have dignity. That needs to be upheld, and this is maybe a like a, maybe a more philosophical or spiritual point. But I just think it is it's it's unhealthy just to live your life as if all these things um, uh, are, are are not just like the things that are given to us are not just given to us as gift. That like I was born to a particular set of people in a particular place at a particular historical moment, and not any other time in history. Um, and, and these are the, like, and this is where I grew up and, and this is a school that I went to and, and there are, um, things that are not good about that. You know what I mean? Like I, maybe I didn't go to like the, the most prestigious school for whatever reason, or, um, that this time in history is, is, you know, fraught with different things, but, um, but it's good that I'm alive here and now with all of these things. And so it's, it's even good that I was born a man, that I was born 5'11", that I was born with, you know what I mean? All these different things that are just given to us that, that they, they should be seen as gifts and not just something that we should just be railing against at all times. <clears throat> he has this interesting example he goes into next about hands. Yep. So let's yep. say there's a farmer who loses his thumb in a farming accident. And he goes through all these questions. I don't want to go to all, all the details. But basically yep. it's like, well, how do we determine what's the right thing to do for, with mm-hmm. this man? And there's different things they can do. That can take off another finger and move it over to the thumb. So you take yep. off the index finger and put it on the thumb spot. Super wild. So you have a thumb. You can also remove your um, second your toe, toe, I second think. toe yeah. and put it into the thumb spot. Yep. Um, so you have- Also super wild. Super wild. But, but it basically becomes like a functioning thumb. It yep. just doesn't look good. Yep. And you either have a missing digit, like you only have you have four fingers, but instead of having yep. you know, not the thumb, you have not an yep. index finger, or you only have four toes. Um, but this can become very functional. Right. It doesn't look good, but especially for a farmer, he's talking about like with a farmer who's working, you know, that's the question is like, how much is he on his feet? Does he need to, does he yeah. need that? Toe? Well, also the rehab for like, yeah. like for the, the, the foot surgery is, is going to be, he's not going to be able to perform his job for a while. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, versus the hand. So he kind of, and you've got to ask all these questions to, to determine figure out what's the right. Then he goes, he goes, but at the same time, like, so he basically argues that removing the indexing finger and putting on the thumb is what's going to be best for, for the, the farmer, farmer mm-hmm. in this particular scenario, yeah. he thinks. Um, but he said, well, but if this was um, a, a woman who was a secretary and had lost her thumb and she's single, well, and her left thumb, even though it's not her dominant thumb, like maybe just putting on like, um, uh, like they have really good um, prosthetics. That look really that real. That look really good. That you can yep. make it look like a thumb, but has yep. no function. It's like, well, she's not a farmer. She may not need it. And for her, like engagement pictures right. and uh, et cetera, maybe she just wants the prosthetics. Yeah. And then maybe one day in the future when it becomes she's a mom and she just needs the, the function, we could we could set that up yeah. and move the finger or whatever. But yeah. she might choose the you know, very exact same questions, mm-hmm. but for her and her state of life, because the reconstructive what, yeah. surgeries is, is really an embracing of the true, the good, and the beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and the truth is rooted in the function of the hand. And so we're trying to ask ourselves, how can we help this person? You know, because we, we're looking at form and function. There's going to be trade-offs. You're going to have to yep. make decisions. Yep. But how can we, through the surgery, embrace what's true and good and what's yep. beautiful? And so I like just to say that like there's no one size fits all for these plastic surgeons in dealing with. Like you really are trying to care for the person in these situations and what is going to be best for them. 
<clears throat> and then he goes into particularly gender affirmation surgery. Mm-hmm. He says he doesn't like the term affirmation because right. um, we're not really affirming anything mm-hmm. with, the, with the person. Um, but uh, that point aside, he goes into basically, you know, let's look at different ages. He says, young children with cross-sex self-identity will see these ideas about their sex resolve themselves spontaneously in adolescence. Yeah. So his first argument is, hey, listen, and this, this is actually um, from the World Professional Association of Transgender Health. These people are mm-hmm. pro-transgender. And basically, they determined that dysphoria persisted in adults. For those who had, had gender dysphoria in their pre-pubescent period, yeah. It persisted in adulthood for only six to twenty-three percent of children. Yeah, that for most of them, there's just this. Once you go through puberty, you don't have gender dysphoria anymore. Yeah, he's like, so let's not do anything at all right. um, until they get through puberty. Yeah, um, because at the very, I mean, like, at let, the very like we least. can, do, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just saying we're like, yeah, I'm not saying we should do something after that, yes. but I'm saying yes. don't, do, don't do anything, yes. especially any gene therapy, yeah. any uh, constructive it's therapy. Even more anything. grievous to be doing this at this time because it so it resolves itself on its own. Yeah. So uh, th- that's a kind of his first argument and that mm-hmm. is let's wait. Um and 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 then he moves into um kind of well then how do we determine like what about this transitioning? Yep. And he goes into transitioning and gender dysphoria. Um and and it basically gender dysphoria is a diagnosis that a person is profoundly sad about his or her apparent gender, yeah. their sex. And, and then no. And I think it's just kind of that's, that's just important to pause at, you know what I mean? That, like, that, like this is a real, real pain and sorrow um, for these people um, who, who experience these things. And it is it is a profound sadness, you know what I mean? And, and so, like, there, it's it's understandable that we want to do something to remedy that. Yeah. <clears throat> you see, we've gotten through puberty, we've gotten to adulthood for mm-hmm. these individuals. And the question is, okay, it's an adult now. They've gotten through the, the puberty. They, they've maintained this or they had, didn't have it before. They have it now. They've decided I'm I'm not happy with my current sex. What should I do? And he goes, well, there's been a lot of tests that have been going on. And it goes into these studies that basically say, um, like, there's not, we don't know long term the long term positive effects of mm-hmm. transgenderism because the argument is, he says, this is the biggest argument. There's the appeal for mercy. Someone wants tra- it's an adult, they mm-hmm. want to be transgender, and they say, well, you appeal to mercy because it's the only way according to to people who are going to argue for it. It's the mm-hmm. only way to prevent suicide, right? Because yeah. the suicide rate amongst transgender individuals is through oh, the roof. 40%. Oh, sorry, sorry, gender dysphoria individuals. Yeah. And so they have gender dysphoria, so we need to set up a situation where they don't feel this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to help them and to support them, society supporting them and helping them, and, and then the medical field supporting and helping them is going to actually prevent suicide right and then he goes in actually like this is it's so encouraged by professionals that if you're not on board with this they won't make you they won't certify you so all of a sudden it's like the only people who get certified to make this decision are those who agree with the agenda which is the ideology which is 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 asinine yeah it's like okay the only people who can make a decision are people we agree with Mm -hmm. it's like well this isn't helpful you know to make a good decision yeah it was interesting to see him kind of like lay out like why why there gets to be so much pressure and it's because these are very very expensive like to 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 do these transitioning surgeries is very very expensive and so like you need insurances to pay for it and like well how are you going to get the insurance to pay for it well like um there has to be this diagnosis and 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 with that comes all of a sudden like all of these these pressures so that these surgeries can just ultimately just be paid for um and and so i thought that was an interesting 
sort of uh, point that he was making that I wonder if like if there would be would it be so loud if they were just so cheap? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but I, I'm going to skip ahead if that's okay. Please, yeah, yeah. It's a point I want to make. It's yeah. actually from the the study of studies on 226. Yeah. Um, and, and what he says is basically they yep. did this huge study in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And, and well, that's not, not the study of the studies. That's a different, that, that's a different thing. The okay. study of studies, yeah. But the, the anyway, did, yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk about the Sweden experiment. Yeah, please. Yeah. Sweden no, study. That's, that's very important. Um, the section of study of studies. Yeah. In the section, they're talking about the Sweden gotcha, study. Gotcha. Where it's it's a Sweden. The the culture is all very pro pro transgender. Yep. So you're not talking about ill cultural effects. Mm-hmm. And two, because of the way Sweden does things, there there might be people longer than six years. Um, and most of the time with transgender surgery, they're only mapping for the first six years. Yeah. And what happens is we see that initially. Um, things look very positive after someone goes through a transi- trans- transitional mm-hmm. surgery. Um, the first five to six years, they're very positive, and the suicide rates uh, decrease among those individuals. Yep. But at around eight years, suicide be- rates begin to climb, climb swiftly. And, and by 20 years post-op, it's back to the alarmingly high level seen without surgery. Yeah. So um, basically, the... Um, the, 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 the Sweden's the only one, you know, and we're looking at, again, uh, it's not a cultural, you can't say, well, it's culture is the reason they're doing suicide. Right. You say it's about the surgery. Right. And people are saying, well, the surgery, look, the first five to six years, like, no, actually, when you look at the long-term studies, yep. long-term, it doesn't help. Initially, maybe there's a euphoria and it feels good or whatever, yeah. but long-term, um, it's not actually helping with suicide rates. Yeah. So the argument that people are making is, oh, be merciful because these people are very, have higher priority of suicide and we have to support them and, and encourage them. And mm-hmm. transgender su- surgery is the best way to prevent the suicide. Yeah. That's not true. Yeah. The suicide rates actually remain the same yeah. after you know those initial five to six years. Yeah, just the, I mean, it's a very powerful argument that because the, I mean, he makes the point that the suicide rates with people who struggle with this are, I mean, lethally high, 40%. I mean, almost like half. Um, that's higher than like PTSD and, and, and rape victims and other people who have, who have experienced really horrible things. Um, and the idea is, the thought, it's a very powerful thought that if we just have a society and culture that just embraces this, then they won't feel so alienated. They won't feel so ostracized. They'll feel welcome. They'll feel affirmed uh, and, and, and that they won't then kill themselves. Um, but the, the the Sweden study shows that um, it doesn't work that way because um, Sweden is a very affirming culture and society. Um, there aren't those, they're very open to it. There aren't those social pressures and that um, after that eight year mark, you see the suicide rates return. And so the surgery um, has not really solved the problem, uh, which is tragic, yeah. uh, really tragic. Um, and, and and then talking about the surgery itself, he's mm-hmm. also said, one, we don't know the long-term effects of some of them because yes. they're developing new treatments all the time. Yes. And two, we do know some of the ill effects. And I'm not going into details. He has all, all these things. But basically, we do know some of the ill effects yep. of them and uh, increase of cancer, increase yep. of – a lot. there are a lot of ill effects physically mm-hmm. to the body through these yes. surgeries. Um, and sterilization. Yeah, steril- most yeah, sterilization. Mm-hmm. Um, green of the function. So there's there's all yeah. these issues that come along with yeah. it. So it's like actually the one argument, you know, that that is like we're actually helping the person. The Sweden study shows us it's mm-hmm. not. Just to go backwards, I had to jump ahead because we we're talking about that. Please, yeah, yeah. On uh, two nineteen, we're in the, in the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And basically, he's saying, hey, transgender surgery has as its foundational principle the the, the idea that it is legitimate to utterly utterly destroy a human capacity. 
In this yeah. case, the reproductive capacity for the sake of producing a counterfeit structure in order to satisfy subjective desire. Yes. It's like no other surgery is like this. Yeah. And no other surgery does the patient decide when they want surgery. Yeah. Like this is a doctor's decision. Yeah. And and, yeah. and it's like, and at the end of the day, you have not turned a woman into a man and you have not turned a man into a woman. Mm-hmm. You've basically, um, it's a counterfeit. Yeah. And these aren't, reconst- there's nothing reconstructive about that. Yeah. We're actually creating something entirely new, which is, which is disassociated from reality. Mm-hmm. No, that it's your point that it, this is the only scenario in which the patient diagnoses, um, the, the 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 quote unquote problem, um, and that yes, you are taking a a uh, biologically and physi and physiologically healthy anatomy um, in in person and in mutilating it um, to create this counterfeit um, genitalia and other things, um, and and but at the end of the day, like you haven't, like he said, turned a man into a woman. Or turned a woman into a man, uh, and so it it kind of begs the question like what um, like what are we doing here? What like what are we doing? Um, I mean <clears throat> that it's not a reconstructive surgery like these like these other things are like taking taking your big toe and putting it on your thumb is a reconstructive surgery in some way, but we're not reconstructing anything here. We are just mutilating the body. Exactly. Uh, which and is really, really sad. It's really, really, again, and with all these ill effects, mm-hmm. that's not actually helping the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, on, uh, certainly on the physical. Mm-hmm. And even as we've talked about already, not on the psychological, yeah. you know, not on the, um, yeah. obviously from the philosophical, not on the medical. I mean, there's all these issues that mm-hmm. are coming up. Um, and, and obviously, again, I know we say this every time, but it's important just remember, again, there are, there are people who are yeah. suffering. Yeah. And, and we're not saying all this to be like, well, we don't care about them. Yeah. It's like, no, we want to care about them. And we realize that this type of care the transition surgery is not actually caring for the individual. Yeah. And then getting back to like, again, is this argument for the, for the youth, like when you start taking the hormone drugs from a very early age, mm-hmm. um, it has all these ill effects upon the child, um, oftentimes sterilization. Yeah. Um, but um, as far as like the growth and development of the person, and then, um, you know, the, 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 these children sometimes regret that later. Yep. And so you have all these kind of issues that are going yeah. on. And so where we're none at no point in the process does the surgery itself or not just the physical, but even the like yeah. the drugs, the hormones, et cetera, actually being helpful to the yeah. person. No, there, there's very frequent ca- cases of trying to re- do reversals and things like that. And then also like when things are irreversible, there's a lot of cases of regret. And I, I guess maybe just to say that like, um, that like we recognize that, that that something is wrong. Forty percent of people um, who suffer this commit suicide. I mean, that's so we we can obviously say okay, something's not right here. Something yeah. we need we need to do something. Um, and I think the point that he's making is that like, um, but the anatomy and the biology and the physiology of this person are healthy, um, and so like, let's maybe we should think about like that that's not what's unhealthy with this person. Yeah. Um, that's not what is wrong. Yeah. Um, it's not like the, that part of the body is cancerous or something yep. like that. Um, and so to treat the, uh, to, 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 to treat the problem, like, um, through surgery and the anatomy is not getting to the root of the problem. Um, and to say that, like, um, to say that someone is born with the wrong, uh, assigned the wrong gender. Um, you know, that's a very odd claim to make that like, 
um, well, 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 who's doing the assigning? Like, uh, like, um, like, I, I mean, I guess nature, if you're just a materialist and, um, but, um, and, and, but, but like the, but it's a healthy, a healthy body, you know what I mean? And so it's not a physical problem that we shouldn't try to seek physical means to, to solve this really, really deep pain and suffering. Yeah. And, and, and just mm-hmm. affirming, you know, the goodness of manhood and mm-hmm. in, in the male and affirming the goodness of womanhood and mm-hmm. the female is so important for us to do in society in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are specific cases I do with specific people, but just society in general, like just the affirmation of the beauty of the, the, the complementarity of the sexes and how they actually help our society and they help our church and they help, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and our kids mm-hmm. because we see that we don't have to be the same. And the best thing, yeah. like, we don't want this bland, like, neutral in the middle. Like, it's like, hey, what we really need to do is men need to become as as, fe- as feminized as they can and women need to become as masculine as they can. And we kind of all kind of be the same in the middle. It's like, no. The best thing for us is that women live out their womanhood mm-hmm. and the virtues they've been given in that grace of being women. And men need to live out their manhood and the grace they've been given in being a man because that's actually what's going to help our society. Mm-hmm. Um, not, let's let's figure out some way to meet in the middle. And... um and, and, and anything in this transgender, you know, surgeries are saying, well, I'm just going to switch sides mm-hmm. and not affirm my manhood, not affirm my femalehood. And, 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 and that's actually, as we see, and not only do the suicides, but it talks about we have a higher uh, like um, use of subst- substance abuse, psychiatric hospitalization, and involvement in crimes of violence, mm-hmm. all seen in the transgender community. Yeah. And it is, I mean, just, it seems so like painfully obvious to say that, I mean, like to... Um, you know, I, 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 like why children would, would say these things or, or, you know, I mean, or, or maybe kids who, who don't have that, like felt same gender typicality that we were kind of talking about last time and, and do feel more drawn towards not, um, you know, the, the, what, what the rest of their, their sex and gender are, are, are drawn towards. And, um, but like, I mean, kids are kids um and we don't even like let them pick their diet otherwise they would just pick like sugary cereal and like doritos for lunch you know what i mean like mom and dad like like no 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 like you're not like um and we don't let them like make very important decisions you know what i mean because they don't know you know what i mean um and so to think that like somehow kids know this thing um is 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 just a very odd move for society to take um now my niece and nephews if they were allowed they would stop going to school watch tv and play video games all day yeah like that's what they want to do yeah Um, it's like and we're gonna let them make this major life decision yeah (laughs) you know what i mean it's just like okay well, it's a great point um and so but then also just to say that like um that that confusion um that that someone uh, persons who 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 suffer from gender dysphoria have you know what I mean just to, to be recognized that like um, that must be a very very deep pain yeah. um, and and I and I can't imagine what that would feel like um, and, and and just to say that like I would want that person to um, to know that they are loved um, and and for for who they are even though that um, you know they suffer with this and struggle with this but um that we don't want them to 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 hate their life to to such a degree that they feel like they would have to take it, um, and so just to recognize that um, that they are loved by God, uh, that God loves them, that God wants to save them, that God still has a plan for them, um, yeah. and that um, 
And so the, there is space to be affirmed in your personhood here. You know what I mean? That you are a person made in the image and likeness of God, um, but not affirmed in this confusion and dysphoria. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give a quote. I'm going to let you talk about the summary. Sure. Um, anything, I know you really like that last paragraph because um, we're running low on time, but there's a quote here from the study of studies. I'm going to get to the study. They've, they've studied yeah. all the studies yes, about transgenderism. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and the, the Sweden one being the only one, they said basically most of them mm-hmm. just don't have enough information. They're not doing long enough. But it does say, the scientific definition of biological sex is, for almost all human beings, clear, binary, and stable, reflecting an underlying biological reality that is not contradicted by exceptions to sex-typical behavior and cannot be altered by surgery or social conditioning. Um, just getting into the facts of who we are, yeah. um, who we created to be, and, and that's you know how we're hopefully able to li- live out our lives. Amen, amen. And um, he he began the chapter by talking about that the truth is a person, that truth is Jesus Christ, and then he ends um, with it was what was a surprise turn that he took for me in this last paragraph to conclude the chapter. Um, we're saying that this is a really important, I mean, even question theologically where. Um, where if you believe, he, he, he says that if you believe that children in truth can look at themselves in a mirror and say, that isn't really me, then those same children will look at Christ hanging on the cross and say, that isn't really God. God merely used that body. God never really became one of us. Um, and so it's just this deep affirmation that we are, that we are our bodies. Um, and there's no getting around that. Yeah. Uh, that, that that we are this whole person, mind, body, soul, spirit, um, very d- multifaceted, but like um, we're not just a ghost in a machine and we can do whatever we want with the material. Um, because if we say that, then, then he makes a point that you can look at the cross and say, that's not really God, um, that God didn't really die on the cross for me, that like God didn't do that for me. Um, and we obviously don't want to, to live in that sort of world that – that the, the, the mystery of the incarnation means that God took on a body and he still has it, wounds and all, in heaven. Yeah. A German bishop recently said, well, God didn't become a male. You know, he, he was neither male nor female. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that. That Jesus wasn't male. Jesus. And, and that's just obviously heresy. heresy <laughs> um, because he did take on a body. Yeah. Um, and he took on a sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't denigrate. But the greatest creature God ever created was a female, mm-hmm. Mary, mm-hmm. you know. So she's the highest creature, not just yeah. creature, but anything he's ever created, yeah. you know, as a woman. So yeah. it, this doesn't take away from the dignity. That's right. uh, but, but, but he gave the greatest creature he ever created, Mary, was a woman. Mm-hmm. And he took on the body of a man to show yeah. the, dif- the importance yeah. of the differentiation and the roles mm-hmm. that they had and the importance of that. Yeah. Um, so – uh, what a blessing. I can't believe we're out of time once yeah, again. Yeah, love flu. Um, but it's, uh, it really is uh, good to talk to you about this. Yep. And really, uh, and hopefully anybody, please ask questions. No, this book has been been very, very helpful. I mean, it's, it's difficult reading. This This in particular is a difficult chapter to get through because it it's, I mean, just explains what these surgeries are. And they're, um, it's, it's, it's hard and sad and tragic to read. If there's any questions you have, anything you want us to talk about in this topic um, or future topics, info at become.fire.faith. And of course, Amen. please like us at whatever platform you listen to. Um, you know, Father, it's Christmas, time of year, Advent. Amen. And we ask, we've asked a lot of Christmas, you know, questions. I can't be doing this for like, I think our third Christmas now. Yeah, uh, that sounds right. So um, what's the best thing that you've ever found in a stocking? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, geez. I hope I, I hope I don't offend Santa Claus. Uh, I'm trying to remember <laughs> some of my stocking stuffers. We were, uh, uh, 
<laughs> I'm remembering so much. Uh, I mean, probably just like a Reese's peanut butter cup. I love peanut butter chocolate. Uh, so there's yeah, there yeah. a lot of candy in the stockings. Okay. Yep. Um, and that was uh, like, I'm not a huge candy cane guy. So getting some chocolate in the stuffing or the stocking, excuse me, was a, a huge, huge win. Love, love that Christmas chocolate for sure. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. It's like you said, kind of like a lot of it's like you don't remember a lot of yeah, it because yeah. it kind of was like candy and such. But one thing I do remember is I, I think I got this puzzle book one time. Okay. It was like, it, it was like puzzles like were kind of like more mental. Like, yeah. Like yeah. Some were math, some were, you know, uh, in a wordplay, you know, all these different like things. And yeah. I just remember being real fascinated by that, like yeah. figuring out these little puzzles and it took hours and hours doing that. It was just a little book. I was like, oh, that was That's a, super cool. a nice little stocking stuffer. Yeah. Yeah, you know, something I, I kind of enjoyed in the um, a little out of the out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, would you end this in a, in a final blessing, Father? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you just for all the givens in our lives, uh, the given of our sexuality, the given of our identity, um, just even the givens of of being born in a particular time in a particular place, uh, or just the things that that you've given to us as gift, and we thank you for them, especially this. Um, this Christmas season, we just thank you for for um, that you would come and, and dwell amongst us in in, in, our, in this world, um, and, and just continue to dwell within us in, in this time in history, um, and in our own hearts. Uh, and Lord, we just ask you continue to be with us. You'd pour forth your Spirit upon in all our hearts. May the blessing of Almighty God come upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith. That's becomefire.faith. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.